0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guests by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Sleger. Glad to have you back with us for another edition of Marnie's Friends. And we are talking today about... Writing your wealth through stories. Your story matters. Our guest today is Linda Olson. I hope that you will grab a notepad of some kind because during the next hour, you're going to discover why story is so important, some common mistakes writers make that drive people away from keeping reading, uh, three reasons people don't share their story, the number one reason people feel their story isn't worthy. How to know for sure if you have a story worth sharing, the toughest thing about sharing your personal story, the definition of a story pathway and how to use one, how story can be used to build a deeper trust, clarity to create a story with ease, and three things you can do to learn more about sharing your story today. Linda A. Olson is CEO of Wealth Through Stories. She's a speaker. Story expert and an international bestselling author. Her mission to, is to impact a million people a year, helping them find the wealth in their stories. And her website is wealththroughstories.com. Welcome to you, Linda. Thank you so much. Well, it is great to have you back, and we love having you on Marnie's Friends, and this is such a wonderful topic, and you just have a brand new book out called Your Story Matters, and I'm so excited to have you here today and have you help us understand about story. I always, I always tease around because when God wrote the Bible, he didn't write it like an encyclopedia or a dictionary. He wrote it in story form, and we all love stories. That's just such a huge part of our life, isn't it?
1: It certainly is, and you're right on. You know, when you look at the, especially the New Testament where Jesus, Jesus did so much in story form because it's the greatest way to connect, and he knew how to connect to the hearts of people.
0: Yeah. The stories allow us to remember the facts and the figures and the details that are important to our lives, and stories are what makes things happen when you think about stories story, Linda, and I know that this is the path that God has you on is to help people tell their stories. Why do you feel like stories are so critical?
1: Well, you know, one of the things is it is truly the number one way to connect with others. Like I said, just like Jesus used story to touch the heart like nothing else can, in the same way we can use stories to reach out and touch the hearts of people. And then, you know, it just, it brings story, often brings clarity. It allows us to understand something. But I think one of the most powerful things is that story can transform lives. And, you know, that, that is obviously huge. Why do you say that? Why story? Oh, why story? Why story? Because yeah, wh- we, as we connect, as we connect and share a story um, and connect to the heart of somebody else, you know, it's, it's, it's that whole heart thing, the whole heart thing that allows us to bring that transformation in somebody's life. I just talked to uh, a lady last night. I had a lady come to my workshop, and she happened to be the only one, and so we had an opportunity to chat. And as I did and shared a brief story, uh, I, I was so surprised, but immediately she teared up, and I thought, wow, this little story touched her heart. And then we began sharing on a whole nother level. And that's what story does.
0: Hmm. Right. You've been mentioning the word connect, the number one way to connect. And it's true that as as people understand that you understand, that takes that relationship to a different level. Um, what are some common mistakes that writers make that drive people away from reading on in a story. you start a story and you're going along and you're telling people the story. And there are some things that you have found that writers do that just stop somebody in their tracks.
1: Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because it's not only in writing. It's, uh, and maybe even more so, it's in, in verbally telling our story. And that is, We get so excited about our story, and the details are important to us, but we think that they're important to somebody else as well. And so uh, instead, what we don't realize is that person is probably standing there and saying, "Uh, you know what, What, what's the point? I just want to get to the point of your story. And so often it's because there's too much detail and because it's too much detail, it's too long because we can go on and on and on. And instead, when that happens, we actually drive people away instead of drawing people to us with story because any great story really should be no longer than two or three minutes. Like if you're a speaker and you're sharing a story, every story should be, like I said, no longer than two or three minutes. If it's longer, you might break that story up. Like I have a long story. My personal story is a long story, but I often break it up into different pieces so that within two minutes, I am making my point using that part of the story.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I was thinking when you're talking TMI, too much information. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yes. but, but people, you know, we we like you know, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about a story I was listening to and I was thinking, Well, I listened to that story for, you know, eight hours, you know, it's a great story. I just listened from start to finish. But you're right, that was in the story. There were lots of action, lots of different little pieces, and there kept on being breaks and shifting of scenes and all that kind of thing going on to keep our attention uh, riveted. And we are, as a culture, very our attention spans are very short. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can see the sense to break up the story into different story pieces makes a lot of makes a lot of sense. Are there any other like glaring mistakes that people make that turn people away? You know
1: what? I would say those are the two key ones. It's too long and too much detail. And, you know, you think about with the example that you just shared, you think about movies. I mean, the movie is one big story, but within that big story are lots of little stories that build up to the big story. And um, But if they don't bring in enough conflict or grab our attention within a certain period of time, they lose us. And, you know, now with, you know, Netflix and everything else, it's so easy. You can just turn it off and go to another movie. And that's what people do in their minds when they may be listening. They may still be glaring at us. (laughs) But, in their mind, they're already thinking about something else if we don't grab their attention and hold them within those two minutes
0: yeah well, and i am i'm I'm one of the worst for if a book doesn't have my attention fairly quickly, I'm just on to something else uh, not maybe movies because of trailers have a little bit more of a <laughs> opportunity to to get me, i might maybe give them a couple more minutes, but if a book, you know, if a book starts really slow and sloggy, you know, it loses my attention, right, even before it gets it almost, so the, this really good input there, you know, there's, there's some reasons that you were going to talk about um, that people don't want to share their story or never do, so what are the three reasons that people don't share their story? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting, I did quite a bit of research on this.
1: And and there are many reasons, but the three top reasons I came with, the number one thing is people don't think, most people do not think they have a story. And that, I mean, it truly just made me sad thinking about that. Or they don't think they have a story that, you know, I mean, maybe they have a story, but not anything someone else would want to hear. And thirdly, even if they could come up with a story, they don't have a clue how they would share this. And, and those are really the, the key things. And most of that usually comes from a lot of pain, um, a lot of hurt, and, and feeling unworthy. And that, of course, is not true, not for a minute.
0: So what is the number one reason that people feel their story isn't worthy? They
1: because they don't well they don't they don't think they have a story um and so basically that unworthiness is speaking that lie into their life. I've, uh, in the last 40 years, I've worked with thousands of people helping them with their story, and I have yet to find one person who does not have a story. We have a story, but it's that lack of value and uh, believing. The enemies lie because that's what it is. You know, the whole, go- the whole, not gospel, the whole Bible speaks about the worth and love of Christ. And um, you know, that is our worth, but unfortunately, we've believed the lie that we're not worthy, because our story is our life, and it unfolds every day. There's thousands, thousands, maybe millions of stories in our life. but yeah. somehow we haven't been able to recognize our worth if that is what we're feeling, that we don't have a story..
0: Mm-hmm. This is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Linda Olson of Wealth Through Stories. We're going to come right back and talk about a story pathway, what it is, and how to use one. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and you're joining us this afternoon at Marnie's Friends for the topic of wealth through stories, your story matters, with our guest, Linda Olson of wealththroughstories.com. Linda, in this next segment here, we want to start talking about um, the definition of a story pathway, and we'll want to spend quite a bit of time on this to help us understand what it is and how to use one. So first of all, talk to us about a story pathway. Okay. You know,
1: the most, uh, kind of that key element of story is conflict. I mentioned just a little bit ago about, um, you know, movies draw us in through conflict. I mean, have you ever watched a movie without conflict? Not likely. Well,
0: right. (laughs) And I I really hate that, that God set it up like this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a conflict avoider, you know, I'm kind of like a peacemaker. So it really bugs me, you know, all the stories you read in the Bible and all the good stories, and all the good movies, you know, it's always fun to read them and everything. But it wasn't so fun to live them.
1: (laughs) Well, it's it's not fun to live them because the conflict (laughs) is really about the pain. And who wants, right. to, who wants to look back and review that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So certainly, yeah, you're right on. But it's like um, every, every important story has some kind of conflict, and then behind every conflict is the resolution. Story pathway is really, and it's really the journey of our life. There's conflict, and behind every conflict is a resolution. And then, behind every resolution is a new conflict. So it's like conflict resolution, conflict resolution, conflict resolution. And it really, I mean, that's a very, obviously, a very, very simple way of of introducing it. But that basically is our story pathway. And... Um, like I said, probably you've never watched a movie without conflict. I, I remember uh, <laughs> my husband and I, uh, a while ago, it was a Sunday afternoon, we were flipping through Netflix, you know, just wanted to get something to relax by. And it was an old movie filmed in 1969. And this teenager was going on a hike. And the first 15 minutes, there was no conflict. And this was a teenager, <laughs> <laughs> and so I looked at my husband and I said, You want to watch this? He said, Not really. We were both bored. And I, I thought about that later and I thought, That's because there was no conflict there. Because it's through conflict that we connect with one another. Everybody in the world we live in today, in the broken world we live in, everyone identifies with pain and that's that's a way of connecting with them they connect through that conflict through that pain through that problem and then we look for solutions hmm.
0: so when you're thinking about let's just say one chapter of a 20 chapter book and you've got in that chapter you've got maybe maybe 3 or 4 2 to 5 minute segments you know that you want to have a conflict Uh, in every single two to five minute segment you have a conflict and resolution. It seems, it seems like so much.
1: Well, and when I say this, I I was thinking a little bit more about um, like for a speaker to tell their story or to give their presentation, Um, you know, at that point, like basically a lot of presentations are based around three main points. And you could use, you could introduce your presentation with the story and then give the three main points. You know, it all depends. Are you speaking 15 minutes? Are you speaking an hour? If you're speaking an hour, you could actually use uh, a separate story or a continuation of the same story to create each point. Um, yeah, and when you're writing, it's a little bit different um because usually it's well, it all depends what kind of book it is. It may be one big story, kind of like a movie, and you know, you have different segments and you keep, you know, keep the reader entertained hopefully. But um in in speaking, um uh like I said it's it's a little bit different. Hmm.
0: So in your book, Your Story Matters, like in a nonfiction book like that, are you are you keeping with this conflict? As you're even writing a nonfiction book, are you keeping with conflict and resolution all the way through? Like, you know, how do you get the chapters to lay out right? How do you get the, you know, progression? Uh, those kind of things. Do you do it in nonfiction or mostly just as you're telling? Uh, I mean, I don't mean nonfiction as much as how to do you do it in how-to as well as storytelling, or is this pretty much limited to stories? Um,
1: no, I use that. What, what I'm referring here to is basically through stories. So in my nonfiction book, I'll use a lot of stories, and in the story I will use um, kind of that setup, the, the conflict yeah. resolution, you know, Um and and then, you know, move ahead and make my point. It's that, you know, as you know, stories are more about grabbing attention and speaking to the heart. So that's so, basically uh, more what yeah. I'm referring to. Mm-hmm.
0: So how do you know, back to that other question, how do you know if a story that you have is worth sharing? Like, you know, there's so many stories. There's some little or some big some heart some funny, um, how do you know that your story is a good fit for what you're trying to communicate?
1: Well, that's a very good question because every story, to me, every story has a purpose. And that's where we need to know our audience. The person we're speaking to, whether that is one person or if we're a speaker, whether that's you know a, a much bigger audience, it could be a hundred, it could be a thousand people, but you want to know the best you can the needs of that person, and as they are sharing something, your story hopefully is connecting with their pain, not only connecting with them but hopefully it's bringing that hope and encouragement as well. Now, sometimes stories can be, you know, you can be standing around with a group of people and uh, they can be humorous and laughter. But as you know, laughter brings a lot of hope and joy and encouragement as well. But often that, even though said in a humorous way, and it can be one statement of you know, of conflict. I didn't know how to do something. And then I couldn't believe what happened. Um, so it can be used in many different ways. But, but that whole idea of knowing whether it's um, the right story that connects has to do with understanding the, the pain points or the problems of other people. Or knowing our audience, we're a speaker, we need to we need to the best we can understand the needs of our audience.
0: Mm. What is the toughest thing about sharing a personal story?
1: You know the toughest thing is uh, it requires us to be vulnerable. Mm. and of mm. course, anytime we're vulnerable, it's opening ourselves up. And there's always that, that fear of getting hurt. Um, so, you know, that's tough, but it's interesting because vulnerability is often seen as a weakness. But I'll tell you, over the years I've learned that it really is a strength. And if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and share on a more personal level, it's like it gives someone else permission to be vulnerable as well. And it is amazing how quickly you can take a conversation. It might even be somebody that you have never met before. And here you are just kind of casually sharing about the weather, whatever it may be. And something comes up and you happen to share on more of a vulnerable basis, on more of a personal basis, and all of a sudden you see the whole shift in the conversation and someone be, that person you're talking to begins to share on a very personal level because you opened it up. But there's hmm. always that risk of getting hurt, and because everybody's been hurt in different ways in their life, um, we we tend to shy away from that.
0: Yeah, and I think that is so it's tough. what I've seen, yeah. too. Yeah, what I've seen, though, too, is is that it is the way to the heart. I mean, to, to just always tell mm-hmm. perfectly glowing stories. I mean, God didn't in the Bible. He really, <laughs> he really showed over to these bad sides, too. You know, he, he just laid it right out there. And to to some people, it's like, boy, you know, that's discouraging. But to me, it's like, well, if God could still love, you know, so-and-so, Peter maybe, or, you know, Paul or different ones in the Bible, it's like, well, then he can still love me. You know, it gives me hope and encouragement. And I think that that's what our vulnerability does for others too. It's like, oh, you're not just perfect all the time. And so I can, I can potentially have a relationship with you. you know, I, I think it, it is the place where people feel like they can come in closer. Um I, I think one of the things we always mention at this point when we're talking about vulnerability is to remember in a public platform to share your stories that you have scars from, but not your stories you have open wounds from. And there is a time and a place to heal, um, and that is usually not on this stage. Usually, the healing needs to happen, and then you take your you take your story public. Uh, what do you think about that, Linda? And what have you seen?
1: You know, I was just thinking that was very well said because there are times there's nothing wrong with um, as you're sharing, if you're sharing a very, very personal story and perhaps the tears surface. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. The people in the audience Mm -hmm. will identify with the tears and, 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 and sometimes their tears surface as well. That's okay, and mm-hmm. um, in hearing what you just said to me, that would be perhaps a scar. But when uh, when you when you're at a place where basically you know you start crying and the tears maybe even become uh, uncontrollable, or you don't know for sure, then it's it's really premature to tell that story. In in public, basically to me, that's like the yield sign or maybe even the stop sign that says, you know what, I need to get more healing before I share this because Mm -hmm. I need to have enough confidence to know that even though my tears may surface, I know that I'm still remaining emotionally in control.
0: Yeah, it was interesting this morning I was having a conversation with somebody and she was saying how she'd read this story about a lady who'd had some plastic surgery on her eyes and had had something fixed. And she went public with that and she said it was incredible. Before she had that surgery and went public with it, people just accepted her for the way she was. And after she went public with it, they not only, you know, said nice job on the eyes, now she, but they went on and said things like, now you should have your nose done. Or what about the wrinkles on your chin? You know, and <laughs> it was like before, yeah. before she went public with it, people just accepted her for who she was. But the reality of going public with something is that you do open the door for people's reciprocal comments and they may or may not be hurtful and you don't get to pick that. And when you're still in a grieving stage, when you're still in a process stage, it's, it's just uh, oftentimes too much uh, Too much publicity can can really be a bad thing. So to try to understand when is the right time to take your story public and what you might do is just try with a group of close friends and see if you cry or see if you're you're really ready for the feedback that you're going to get especially in an area of weakness like that but having said that to be vulnerable is really one of the most powerful things you can do in sharing your story, and, and it really does open up hearts to you as well. Well, this is Marnie Sweber. We're visiting today with Linda A. Olson of WealthThroughStories.com. We're going to come right back and talk about um, how to have clarity to create stories with ease. We'll be right back. Next time you need an awesome speaker for your Christian women's event visit womenspeakers.com the number one online meeting place for women's ministry event planners and Christian women's speakers featuring nearly 1,000 speakers from every state denomination and fee range some near you womenspeakers.com has been connecting speakers and event planners since 2002 and is the largest online directory of its kind in the world listings include topic ideas references and contact information so you can reach out to the speaker of your choice the moment you find her it's fun and free to search there are no middlemen or hidden fees and it's available to you night and day so you can find your next speaker in the minutes you have next time you need a great speaker visit womenspeakers.com that's www.womenspeakers.com welcome back this is marnie you're joining us for Wealth through stories your story matters with linda a olsen CEO of WellThroughStories. com, Linda. Let's talk for a while now about how story. Uh, well, rather, how to create uh, clarity in your stories and how to get clear about what stories to tell. Maybe the process in which to write them. And I was curious earlier when we were talking about you were talking about the the key element is conflict and pain. So it goes conflict resolution, new conflict resolution, like that. So when you're beginning to think about how to tell or write a story. Um, do you do you actually make like a list of conflict points and then order them and put them together like where do you have people start? well that's uh that's certainly
1: something you do. Uh, I haven't necessarily done that specifically, but the two when I introduce the story pathway, conflict and the resolution, really there are. Those are two parts of of three key things to a basic story. I'm just and so as I outline the basic story framework, it's introduction, conflict, resolution. Now they say that of a two-minute story, 25% should be introduction, 50% is conflict. And 25% is resolution. Now, that's a basic guideline. It's not going to be all exactly like that. But when I uh, train on this, uh, basically what I encourage is, here's your introduction. Then you have three, even three statements introducing conflict. Often they build on one another. And then... You wrap it up or give the the punch point um the punch line and and so it's it's a basic guideline but i I remember i um I'm a pretty inspirational and motivational kind of person, and I remember when my coach was training on this, and I thought, "Oh yes, but I got this great inspirational story, and she listened to it, and she says there's no conflict in that. And I said, but I, I said, I like to leave people inspired. And she said, yes, but that's not where you start with your story. You introduce it, bring in some area of conflict, and then take them to that resolution, which is often that inspiration. And um, so I had to I had to work at it. I mean, this did not come uh, easily for me. But another way would be just what you said. You could actually take different stories and you can write them down as, you know, OK, here's the conflict in my story. Just a couple lines. You can maybe start with the one and then look at, well, how can I how could I build on that? And um, so it's kind of like it's building that curiosity, and and then say, okay, well, what's my point in telling this story? That would be obviously tied into the resolution.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you were thinking about clarity to create a story with ease, what's in your what's, what what were you thinking about with that?
1: You know, basically what we talked about, that that once that is done and you know that basically those three parts, the introduction, the conflict, the resolution, that's a simple, a very simple story framework. Now, of course, we know stories, like even if you get into movies and so forth, I mean they build up and then they introduce a little story and then they build up to the next big one and so forth, but... um, Uh, So, you know, it can appear much more complicated than that. But if we start with that very basic thing and say, you know what? Yeah, that's a conflict. I mean, I never stopped to think that was a conflict. I was just telling the story. Because a conflict doesn't have to be negative. It may be, oh, my goodness, I just left the house, and five minutes down the road I realized I forgot my cell phone. And so now it's a conflict. What do I do? Do I keep driving or do I turn around and go back and get it? And then we just take them to that next step and the next step and say, mm-hmm. you know, if I hadn't turned back to get it, I wouldn't have gotten that call that, you know, ended up being yeah. something that you had to go to or whatever.
0: hmm yeah, and it seems like um, I was just talking earlier with a comedian, and, and they were talking about how when you when you uh, are telling a story, actually it was somebody just t- telling me that a comedian had told her when you were telling a story, what you do is you go forward, and then instead of ha- taking the person where they expect you're going to take them, you take them a completely different direction, and that's where the humor comes in. You know, all of these all of these things have have their pathways. It's interesting, you know, you keep going back to intro, conflict resolution, conflict resolution, conflict resolution. And it doesn't seem, you know, it seems it seems interesting because like what you were saying, I don't think we when you were trying to tell your inspirational story and your coach is like, Yeah, where's the conflict? I don't think we think about it like this. I've certainly never thought about it like this myself, that it needs conflict. And yet when I think back through some favorite stories they have they have a, they have a disaster. You're talking about going back for the phone, and I remember our friend John Rhodes telling us, you know, when they were in China and uh, Mount Tsing came in, and they were running for their lives, and they had their kids, and they're going down the stairs, and they hear the phone ring back up in their in their apartment, and, and this is way before cell phones or anything, and so they They stand and look at each other, husband, and wife, and these three kids, and they're like, "What should we do And they said, "Well, we better get it. It might be the last time we ever speak to anyone." So they ran back up and took the phone call, and then they ran and but by the time that they got to the platform of the train station where they were going to run to, it had been blown up. And they would have been standing on the platform, save for that phone call that came in. Now, as I'm telling wow. you, know, story, I'm thinking, "Wow!" Right, all the conflict, which makes it so memorable. I mean, I heard this story what 20 years ago, and it's just still crystal clear in my mind because it had so much conflict, and it had the grace of God. You know, it, it's all of that combined into one wonderful story that you just look mm-hmm. and you just go, "Wow!" You know, so when you're when you're thinking about um, creating a story with ease like when you're getting right can can you give me an example Linda a very short two to three minute story of something that you've got that that does conflict resolution and you know something real quick like that well you know what the example that you gave was perfect example because here you
1: know is all this turmoil that they were caught up in and um You know, it was, you know, just building one conflict upon the other. And then it's like there's that punchline. If we had not taken that phone call, we would have been standing on that platform. And that would have been the end. No, So it's like we just build them and just, you know, build it and build it and build it. Depending on what your point is, you know. Um, but again, here it is, it, it could be, I mean, there are many different points that could have been made to that story. One is, you know, listening, listening to that voice, that, in listening to the Holy Spirit, um, the whole idea about, you know, being willing to wait and um, just take the next step. You know, they were in so much conflict, didn't know what to do. Um using wisdom i mean there you know there's so many different points, like I said, that could be made, so you think about the point you wanna make, and often it can be just a very simple thing um, oh, for example my uh <laughs> we have a couple of little grandsons they're just so precious and and my one little um the three year old said uh, I was uh, he, he's so precious and he says grandma how was your day and I at first I was just kind of shocked that uh, this is a three-year-old <laughs> right. asking me how my day was <laughs> right and I said Micah you know what grandma was having a good day and then she talked to Uh, Micah on the phone and then I was having a great day and he said you know that makes my heart so happy and I thought well it just (laughs) melted my heart (laughs) right right (laughs) and so I would I would use a little story like that and say that's how story can touch the heart no, I didn't have, I really didn't have much conflict in that. I could have created more conflict. Um, and so it doesn't necessarily, like I said, that's a basic guideline. It doesn't have to have a lot. But the greater the point and the greater that punchline, the greater the conflict. You want to spend more time building that. And like you, I never thought about that before. I had had the training by this, and she truly was uh, uh, an exceptional coach in this area. And um, and then, you know, she would give us all kinds of stories, and, and all of a sudden it started making sense. I thought, okay, well, that conflict, you're right, because the conflict generally draws us in, and as we're drawn in, then it's like we want to know what, well, well, what happened next? Well, what, what did you do? What you know? Um, I was watching, <laughs> watching something I don't know on television the other day. I hardly ever watch television, but I happened to be watching something. It was a movie, and and I just thought, well, get just say it. You need to say this. Just tell. <laughs> just say. It. And suddenly I realized I was so emotionally involved. <laughs> person but that's of course exactly what they want to do and that's what we want to do people Mm -hmm. identify with the conflict Mm -hmm. and then you bring the resolution which may or may not be a happy ending oftentimes it is or it may leave us with a question that rather than giving the answer the resolution may actually be So what would you do in that situation? And you just give people food for thought. And it's like, well, I don't know. I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can take it further from there.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, this is Marnie Sleberger visiting today with Linda A. Olson of WealthThroughStories.com. We're going to take one final break here and come back and talk about the three things you can do to learn more about sharing your story today and a little bit about Wealth Through Stories and what that is. We'll be right back. What Bible study book are you going to do next? Join us for the online Bible study expo to meet the authors of this year's most recent Bible study books for women. You'll hear the stories behind each book, learn details about the studies, including how many weeks each is, how much study time is required, and things like that. Plus, have the opportunity to win free Bible study books being given away every 20 minutes all afternoon. It's 100% free and online at BibleStudyExpo.com. That's www.BibleStudyExpo.com. Welcome back. We're talking today about Your Story Matters, Wealth Through Stories with Linda A. Olson of WealthThroughStories.com. Linda, we are on the final segment here, and we want to talk a little bit now about things, exact things that people can do to sh- learn more about sharing their stories today. And one of the things I wanted to just talk about was Wealth Through Stories, which is the name of our show today. Why do you, why do you say that there's wealth in stories? What are you talking about with that phrase, with that name? Oh, that's a good question. You know, um
1: it it was it was long my my personal story was actually uh forty five years to complete healing. And it wasn't until I came to that place of complete healing then I knew the Holy Spirit had spoken to me and said, Now it's time to write your story and I thought, Write my story? I never that had never crossed my mind to write my story well that turned out that was my personal story and that turned out to be another four years (laughs) process but and as i came as i completed that and i looked around and i thought you know what if i've got a story so does everybody else and i thought what is it about story that makes it so important and then i began asking a question if story is so important, why are we not sharing it? And I looked at all of that. And, and in that process, as part of that long journey, I had to look at myself and I'm thinking, okay, through this 45-year journey, what are the things that you learned? What are the, you know, those, those big messages? What are the things that you are going to be able to tell and train and help others with? Because you've learned those lessons. To me, that's the true wealth in story. It's really, it's it's not what happens to us, but it's what we learn from what happens to us. Because, of course, once we've overcome a situation and can take something worthwhile away from it, then, of course, we have something to share and to give to others. So to me, that's yeah. really the true wealth in our story.
0: Cool. so what are the three things uh, maybe the first of the three things that we can do to learn more about sharing our stories?
1: Well, you know um, it's, it's actually been a very exciting time for me. Uh, it was last summer that I started i was I was teaching a writing class and a few days later I felt like the Holy Spirit said and, and and now you need to write your next book. And I thought, write another book. I had no plans to do another book at all. And I said, I don't even know where I would start. I don't even know what I'd write about. And so in my head, of course, I had this little conversation. <laughs> and and, um, and then it was just clear as a bell to, why don't you put together in a book the workshops you've been training on for the last two years? And I thought, Really? I just hadn't really considered it. Well, it was all based on story. There were different workshops that I would do, and I would get great feedback with it. And so it truly was uh, because I'd already done all the research and everything else. It was actually fairly simply. I put it together, mm. and, and then, and then of course I'm. Uh, I always say you don't have to be a great writer; you just need a great editor.
0: <laughs> and I found a great
1: one. <laughs> And so the next four months, my editor and I sat down to make it, to go from a good book to a great book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that book is called Your Story Matters, Three Breakthrough Secrets to Stories that Transform. And to me, it's one of um, the easiest way to start, to be introduced to story. And... um, Anyway, the digital copy is on Amazon right now, and and, um, the hard copy should be on in another week or two.
0: Oh, fantastic. Well, congratulations to you on that. And uh, you guys want to definitely check that out. Your Story Matters, author Linda A. Olson at Amazon.com. Okay, what's another thing that we can do to learn more about sharing our stories? Well, one of the things that I do is –
1: Twice a year I do a story retreat. It's actually it's called Wealth Through Stories Live. It's a 3-day retreat. And to me story is about experience. And experience is so important because that's how we we learn more. We learn quicker and remember more when we experience things. And so it's it's just a real fun retreat where we learn all about story um we actually everybody leaves with at least five personal stories in hand i want them to understand the framework of story and how simple it is to put it together because once they can do that then you know then Mm -hmm. they can put together any kind of stories so that's uh that's something uh something real fun
0: Mm -hmm. okay and a third way
1: And a third way is if you have personal questions about story or whether it's speaking, whether it's writing, or how can you use your story, whether it's in ministry or whether it's in business, where, you know, uh, that you can actually use story to take your, um, uh, let's say if it's business, to take your potential lead and transform them into becoming a paying client, or if it's in ministry, basically, obviously, that transformation can also happen as we have breakthroughs in our life or introduce them to Jesus Christ. That um, anyway, if you have questions about any any of that. Um, on my website, I offer a free 30-minute consultation, and I would be happy to talk to anybody about, about anything tied in with story.
0: Oh, fun. That's awesome. Thanks. And you guys can check that out at wealththroughstories.com. So we've got about 10 minutes left, and what I'd like you to do is share with us one of your favorite segments, about a 10-minute segment from one of your trainings that you'd be willing to just share with us right now on how to write a great, great story or tell a great story. Okay, now you've just put me on the spot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um you know, the big thing is is really what we have actually talked about and that is that whole idea about just understanding the basic framework of story. So one of the things I'm going to expand on that. <clears throat> so one of the things when I teach that Uh, And remember, it's introduction, conflict, 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 resolution. So I tell them um, what I actually do is I have five boxes in front of me, and I go to the first box, and I just kind of put my hand on it, and I'll say, I'll bet you'll never guess. When I was five years of age, I was destined to be a baker. I loved making mud pies. And then I'll move my hand to the next box, and I'll say, and at 10 years of age, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Now, of course, I had no idea what the word was or what it meant. Bottom line is I wanted to make some money. But growing up on the farm, we worked very hard, but there was very little opportunity to to earn any kind of income. At... At, at 19 years of age, at my first year of college, I, um, I was required to take a communications class. And I, I actually tried everything I could to get out of that class because that, the communications class required us to give at least a three-minute speech and I was so terrified of getting up in front of my mm. classmates and give those three minutes. I honestly tried everything I could to get out of the class, but it, nothing worked. <laughs> and so uh, the only thing I could think of, well, let me, let me just, uh, I'm not going to go into that right now, because that's another story. <laughs> and so um, here was another conflict. And then my next box, um, I said, You know, when I was um, right after uh, college, I actually worked for a nonprofit organization that required us to raise our own support. Well, if you've ever raised your own support, you probably know that the best way to do that is get up in front of a group of people who are already supporting the organization, and basically share what you're going to be doing to help this organization. In this case, it was Youth for Christ, and I was going to be working with basically the juvenile delinquent girls, and we had a whole program based around that. It was the largest program in Canada. I was working with 75 um, college students who basically were a friend one-on-one, with these uh, With these kids that were in a girl 's home, but anyway, I was still terrified about getting up in front of people, so now, not only was I still scared to get up in front of people, but my paycheck depended on it I still had <laughs> yep. I had to pay my rent, you know my apartment, and so forth, and put food on the table and And so here I was, and it was very interesting because um, as terrified as I was, I knew I needed to do it, and somehow I found the courage to get up in front of people and do that. And now, as a story expert and speaker training, I help you find the wealth in your story So that's a very simple example, but I gave that little introduction. And so when I do the training, then I go back to these little boxes and I pull out a piece of paper that shows introduction. Then I share the next part again, and I take something called, uh, take out a piece of paper, say conflict. And again for the next one, conflict, conflict, and then I show them in the last one, this is your resolution. And so it's a simple way to just walk them through that process. And usually I give them a worksheet at that point, and I say, okay, now we want to find out about your story. And they can share anything they want in that. And it is amazing how how personal these stories become. And we can be with a group of people that we have never met before, and after they share their stories, we feel like we know them. And
0: uh, it's truly, truly a fun process. Hmm. That's cool. Do you find that people, like when they're trying to think of what story to tell, do they usually start with something that has a great ending or they usually start with something that had a big conflict in trying to find a story? Um, that's a good question.
1: I think it's usually that has uh, that has a great ending, although mm-hmm. it would depend on the person because mm-hmm. if they're listening to somebody and they feel like they can contribute by through story with them, it's probably the conflict that had them that reminded them of that story.
0: Mhm. And then mm-hmm. we
1: take them to, you know. But we know that yeah. you're, you're going to share beyond the conflict. You're going to share that resolution, that hope and, and it, ha- it,
0: it does kind of have to have a resolution. I mean, the worst stories are the ones that you get to the end, and they don't tell you how it ends. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. You know, That's a TV cliff, cliffhanger. cliffhangers always, you know, they want to get you coming back for the next one. Or series even do that. But each of the little stories inside of them had a conclusion or had a kind of came brought you to a point of closure on that particular conflict along the way, even if the big overall story is a cliffhanger, and you have to come back for more. I'm thinking about you know the importance of, of, a, of a of a strong ending or like you said, you know a punchline or something you know and jesus you know he's He's there with his disciples, and a bunch of guys drag this lady out to him, and they say, you know, she was found sleeping with a man that wasn't her husband. And the Bible, you know, the the prophet says to stone her. What do you say? You know, so we got all this conflict going on. Then you got Jesus, you know, bent down, writes something in the sand. Who knows what it was? You know, something. I like the I like the idea that maybe he's writing down some of the sins that they did. But whatever he wrote. <laughs> and, then, I'm never sad you know, and then Oh, I know, I love that I love that idea. But anyway, then then they just one by one he sa- he says, just you you know, whoever has the first you know, whoever has no sin, just throw the first stone. So then he squats down, writes in the sand and then they all just one by one drop their stones and walk away. Then he looks at the lady and he said, You know, now go into no more So he doesn't he doesn't stone her you know that's kind of the big crux of the story you know it's all this build up to get to the point where you have this great news That no matter what you've done, no matter how awful you've been, whatever, how wrongly you've been accused or rightly you've been accused of that, uh, that God still loves you and that there's hope for us. And and in our stories, when we can leave people, you you know, you've gone through the fire, you've gone through the flood, whatever, and you get to the end and you're still alive and there's hope for tomorrow. And I think that that's what every heart is longing for, longing for the reminder that there is a God, that there is love, that there's hope, there's a future.
1: Absolutely. Because without that, I mean, what do we have to share? But I love the story that you shared, because see how Jesus created conflict. And sometimes he did that in silence by bending down and writing in the sand. And I thought I would give anything to know what he wrote in the sand. But it was know, the whole right? point of he built that curiosity <laughs> to build
0: up to that punchline, man. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think, you know, it's kind of interesting because conflict kind of, well, the way that you're using the word conflict, you're using it kind of broadly. So it could be suspense or it could be even a high point, but it's a point of trauma, drama. It, it is the point where, you know, there's, there's something happening in your spirit. Uh, unlike when someone's just telling you their grocery list, which generates absolutely no emotion at all. Yes, Exactly. Hmm. Wonderful. Yeah, well, this well has said. been so much fun, Linda. Thank you so much for being here today, and uh, Oh, it's been my pleasure.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> I know your new book is already is already a, an Amazon multiple bestseller. Uh, you guys want to check that out? The book is called "Your Story Matters" by Linda. A Olson, and you can find that on Amazon. And I know that there's um, specials that run every once in all that. And even if there's not a special going on today when you're listening, uh, you want to pick that book up. And then also you can go and check out her website wealththroughstories.com. We've had an opportunity to learn more about what's there already, and I just encourage you to check that out. Finally, encourage you to um, check out Bible Study Expo, and that is a uh, conference that we hold uh, once a year. Of- introducing the newest Bible study books. You want to check that out and register over there to win free Bible study books. And thank you for being here today. Uh, so fun, you know, you guys. When you come to the live show here at Blog Talk Radio, you propel us to the number one place on Blog Talk Radio, which you've done again today. Thanks for all of you who are listening live. And for those of you who are listening to the archives or around the web, thank you so much for that. For those of you who host us on syndicate stations or on your own website, we appreciate that so much. If you want to host us, you can just go to Blog Talk Radio and to the top of any episode and you can embed the embed the listener box on your website to share with your guests as well thank you so much you guys I hope you have a wonderful week we'll see you next time here on Marty's Friends and until then God bless bye bye